this house tonight. Thankful. Thankful to see everyone in the house of the Lord for all of our visitors. Thank you for being with us. Let's give our visitors a hand tonight. We're glad you're here. We appreciate you being with us. Praise God. And I tell you, we've just enjoyed a great week and a tremendous weekend. Uh, appreciate the message that Brother Elijah brought on Sunday. Just a tremendous uh, word of the Lord. And we've got a, a great group of young people, um, young men and young women alike, who are just ready to, to do something for the Lord. And we're, I'm thankful for them. And tonight we're going to hear from one of them. So let's give the Lord a hand as Brother Frank Kitchens comes tonight. Let's preach with him. Praise the Lord, church. Good to be in the house of God tonight. It's good to be in the house of God. I would say, more importantly, it's better to be with the people of God. Although it's nice... To be in a place dedicated to worshiping God, I'd say it's better to have people dedicated to worshiping God. Because without the people, this church would be empty. Psalms 133 and 1 says, Behold, you you may be seated. Uh, I'm going to go into the word in just a, a few minutes. Psalms 133 and 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together in unity. And that's what I feel tonight. I'm thankful to be in a good and pleasant place with you all. And that's because we come here joined together in unity. I give thanks to Pastor for the opportunity. I thank the Lord. I believe if it wasn't his will, Pastor wouldn't let it happen. Me and my family just love our pastor and his pastor's family. They are so good to us. They are such good people. We just hope to be as good to them as they are to us. Uh, so, so we just love them dearly. Uh, I'm going to try to take as much time as I possibly can tonight. My goal is to wait till Chick-fil-A locks the doors. So expect that. Not really. I have three goals tonight. That is to glorify God, yes. horrify the devil, and edify us in unity together. And I think we can do it if we all work together. I'm going to be reading Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. This is Paul uh, writing, but it does, it's one of his letters, but it does apply to us today. Uh, it's a little bit, so you don't have to stand up. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. He's basically saying... You know, he urges us to walk in, in what we're called to do, what we're worthy of, of, of. We're worthy of what God calls us to do. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, and even as you're called in one hope of your calling, our hope is Jesus. One Lord... One faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. That's not saying one God and one Father. It's saying one God and Father together of all. Who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of, one of us 
is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. Say, fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted, that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual works, uh, effectual working in the measurement of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. Let's pray real quick before we go into this. Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts right now, Lord. Lord, open us to receive your word. Lord, unstop our ears to hear what you have for us, God. Lord, impress upon our minds what you have, Lord. I pray that you would anoint me, God, that I speak everything as you intended. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to look at a couple things here. If we go into verse 10, like Elijah said Sunday, Jesus descended down as a sacrifice uh, of himself. That would have been enough. He did much, much more than what was required of him. It would have been more than, more than he had to do. But he, he didn't just do that. He lived among us and went through pain, humiliation. He went through all of our emotions. He went through sacrifice and tears. And he did that for us. And verse 10 says, he did that, that he might feel all things. He didn't want to do the minimum of what was required. He wanted to fill all things. He gave us men of God in our lives, such as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to grow the body of Christ. It says, for the perfecting of saints, the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. It says, perfecting of the saints. Now, Jesus knows that none of us are perfect, and he doesn't expect any of us to be perfect. But it doesn't say for the perfection of saints. He knows we're not going to be perfect. It says for the perfecting of saints. The ing is is the important part on this word. That's what gets you. God knows we're not perfect, but he he wants us to be perfecting, constantly perfecting, which means we're, we're in a constant state of perfecting ourselves. That's what the men of God in our lives are for. We have to strive for, uh, for perfection. We have to die daily and look toward him and follow in his footsteps. It says, uh, unto a perfect man. Uh, we are supposed to look under him as his perfection and strive to be that. So we are constantly perfecting for Jesus Christ. 
it says, Till we come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, we are like children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. We have, without the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, we have no foundation to stand on. We aren't solid in any of our ministry or any of our understanding or anything that we believe. So without a place of unity to the one body of Christ, we'll be lost as like a child. If someone talks about, I don't have to go to church because, you know, God loves me and, and he knows me and, and he, he, you know, I can pray to God in my, own, in my home and, and you know, I, I don't need to have to go. I don't need people to pray for me and put their hands on me and, and I know who they are and they're not even this and, and I, I can just do this on my own. I, I can do that. Well, God does love you, but that's why he draws you into his body. He says one body. He draws you in. We don't need to be separated. He, he draws us in. That's why he gave us uh, men of God in our life for the work of the ministry and the perfecting of you so you can become like Jesus so, so we can continue that uh, for him. If, if you don't have men of God in your life, you are like a child. Uh, as a child, as far as spiritually a child, unaware, inexperienced, and lost. All children need guidance and direction in their life. So that our, our men of God are, are, is a gift from God, and we need to listen to them and, 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 you know, not look at more other, you know, God has called everybody. Everybody may not be the same. Everybody may have different personalities, but God gives us these people so we can be more like him, so we can edify ourselves in the body. Verse 16 says, the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by what, by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measurement of every part. When you supply the body, when you, when you stay on your calling and what God's called you to do, when, when you supply the body, you're compacting the body. It says, are compacted by that which every joint supplieth. So when you supply the body, you're compacting the body. If You, you are no help if, if you let pride get in your way and, and try to fulfill someone else's calling or try to skip steps and try to do something God has not called you to do because, you, you know, it looks better and it makes you feel better. Uh, God doesn't look at callings on a level. He doesn't say, well, pastors, uh, Jake's down here and pastor's up here because he's a youth pastor and, and you're over here. God doesn't look at it like that. God looks at how he calls you and your obedience to that calling. God doesn't level you on, on what you're called. He, he levels you on your obedience to your calling and, and staying uh, on that narrow path to God. He, he, he gives you a calling. By you saying that, uh, I know what God called me to do, or I want to do this because it's, you know, it's a higher status or, or, or something like that, you're basically telling God that I know what's best. You may have given me a calling, and, and, and I think my calling's better for me, and, and he, he gave you that because so, he, he knows he, he has everyone. We're one body, and we're used individually for our own calling and not to get in the way and try to o- overlap what God has done. As of today, unless God changes something in this service, I'm not a prophet. The body of Christ will not be compacted by me trying to play the role because my pride says, well, if I'm a prophet, I'm going to get status and everybody will think I'm cool and, and this, all this stuff happens. That's, I'm not compacting the body. 
That's, that's not what God wants me to do. And when you're compacting, it means to, to bring it closer. You're, you're, you're compressing it. If, if Brother Walden is up here and he pastors, and he pastors every day and pastors on Sunday, that's what God called him to do. So he's strengthening the body. He's compacting the body. He's bringing it closer. If I could have a demonstration, if I can get four or five guys to help me out with something, anybody, Okay. Up here. Okay. Huddle up. Okay. Got a play going. <laughs> like you're in the huddle. In the huddle. There you go. Okay. You're here. You're here. We're looking over here. And you're here. Okay. <laughs> if I said these guys are on a football team. And you got to pick which team you think is going to win. Who are you picking? Who are you picking? It says, verse 16 says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measurement of every part, maketh increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. Maketh increase. So, so if... If, 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 if make an increase is doing your part and fitly joined together in a team, would you rather be on this team or this team? You'd rather be on a team that's compacted, the body that's tight together, the body that sticks together. You can see the difference. You can see they're, they're connected in a different way. Y'all good. Thank you. Back to verse 15. It says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. The body of Christ increases itself by edifying itself and bringing people into it by speaking the truth in love. We cannot, we cannot forget the love part of speaking the truth. If I'm standing up here today and I'm speaking truth to you, but it's for the wrong reason and it's for egotistical reasons or pride reasons, all because I'm speaking the truth, you're not going to receive it. It has to be done out of love. The body will not grow. Uh, there's plenty of people that know this book that, that they do not grow the body because they're not speaking it out of love. If you invite someone to church, but you know you got something going, and, and if you invite people, you'll, you'll look a little bit better, and you'll, you'll do this. It's not going to work. It's not out of love. The body grows when we compact it, when we get closer to one another, when we speak the truth in love. We are, when we witness to people and tell them about God and all the great things that he has done for us, uh, as he's done for every one of us in here, how, how he sacrificed himself and, and, and all the love that he has for us and everything that he's done and what he's brought us through, how he shed his blood, that, that they might be saved. When we do that for no other reason besides we love this person, we want to please God, we want to strengthen the body. When, when we do this out of pure love, like God did this out of pure love, God, doesn't need, God didn't need status. God, God was, he, he told many times he healed somebody out of love and said, don't tell anybody. He does, he, so he could work without having to you know, deal with all the people. So it's not just about bringing people, it's doing it out of love. We need to uh, speak in truth. 
So when we do that, besides no other reason, besides we love God and we want to see these people saved and, and we want to fulfill the will of God, we will increase because the Bible says we will. God says so. If we speak truth in love, the body will increase. But before you can do that, we all need to be in the one body of Christ. The one body of Christ is the one that's going to make it. But before we can become a part of the body of Christ, we have to get a few things right. It starts with our personal relationship with God. You can't be in the body of Christ unless you have a personal one-on-one relationship with God. It is 100% mandatory before you can join in anything of God to have a relationship with Him. But all too many times, uh, even if you've had a relationship, we mistake ritual for relationship. We have schedules and habits. You know, we have a church schedule and we have a, a habit. We may listen to the right stuff and, and we may do the right things. And we take that, we take a, a, a God that we keep. That, that, you know, I go to church on Sundays, and we take that as, I, I go every Sunday, I have a relationship with God. But that doesn't necessarily mean a, a one-on-one relationship with God. Remember, he wants us perfecting. So in a constant stage of perfect, we need to constantly be, be, be reaching out for God and seeking him. And, and, and one-on-one, if we're not one-on-one with him, you know, we can't, we can't join the body. Even in, uh, I don't have this wrote down, Mark one something. It says uh, God went out into, uh, it, it was in the morning time, he went out and, and prayed by himself before he met everybody because he was showing that even before you get into the body, this was right after he, he was healing people and then he was going out the next day. But before you can be in the body and do the calling of Christ, you have to have a one-on-one relationship with God. And that's what he's trying to show us. So in, if we're not careful, we can get into a place where we become content with where we are in a place that we're stagnant with God, that we think that we're doing good enough and we think that we're okay. It's almost like we look at ourselves and I may not be doing nothing bad and I may be going to church on Sunday, so I'm content with myself, and I'm happy with myself, so I'm just going to stay where I am. I don't have to do anything more because I'm good. But when we're not cold, but we're not hot, we're just lukewarm. And lukewarm is a very, very dangerous place to be. Lukewarm is not hot for God. And I know we can trick ourselves and believe that lukewarm, that we're, you know, and we do it without realizing it. You'll catch yourself, and it's not above anybody to do this. You'll catch yourself in a ritual of, of doing, the, doing what you're normally doing, but not necessarily because, you know, for the right reasons or for God. If we come to church, you know, that, that, doesn't nece- that could be our ritual. And I, I'm not saying this in a wrong way. Some people, you know, need community, and they need love, and they feel that in church. And that is a place for church. I'm not saying that at all. But we can't let our ritual, we can't mistake that for our one-on-one relationship with God. Revelation 3, 15, 16 says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm 
and neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. God would rather you be cold for him and not show up than be lukewarm and end up in the same places because you're content with yourself and trying to, and trying to play by the loopholes. We have to be hot. We can't be stagnant. We have to be hot. There, there is no in-between. It's all or it's nothing. We can't get away with things, and because I show up on Sunday, it's going to be okay. We have to be hot. We have to be perfecting. We have to be in a constant moving forward for God. Coming to church is not good enough. Reading your Bible is not good enough. There are people that, serve, that do not serve the God that I do that go to church every day. And there's different countries and different places, even in America, they go to church every day. There are people that know this King James Version Bible, and, and you could look them up or ask them, that will debate you on it, and they will smoke your doors on everything that they know in this book. The difference is, we have to speak truth in love. There's a difference. We have to speak this word, speak the truth of God, speak the word of God out of love. Speaking the truth alone is not enough. We have to do it out of love. We need the love of Jesus. That's why we have the Holy Ghost to witness. That is the love of God. That's what, our whole, that's what the Holy Ghost was designed to do. So God can enter you and you can manifest his love out of you. Verse 13, 14. Till we are all in unity and of the knowledge of the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, we are like children tossed around by every wind of doctrine. We need to be in unity of the faith and the knowledge of Jesus. And you say, you know, well, what is, how do we be in unity with the knowledge of Jesus? You know, God knows everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. But he says, in the unity of Jesus' knowledge. So what was Jesus' knowledge? Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all things shall be, and these things shall be added unto you. John 3 and 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Matthew 3 and 2, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This was Jesus' knowledge. God has infinite knowledge, but this was, this was Jesus' knowledge that he was trying to portray out to us. This was what we need to be in unity in. We need to be, you know, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, if, if, if you need to start somewhere, start there. If, you know, if you're looking for something, you're probably going to look up. If somebody says, look this place, look this up, you're probably going to look up how to get there. If you look up how to get there, you know, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. It says, except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's step one. If we're supposed to first seek the kingdom of God, our first step is to be born again of the water and of the spirit. That's step one so we can go further in God. We cannot keep, uh, we can't keep on our calling and keep perfecting without the Holy Ghost and, and without being baptized. That's why God seeks first. He didn't say, uh, this is what I'm going to, this is my plan for, he already knows our, his plan for us. So he didn't say, since I already know your plan, go here and talk to these. No, seek first the kingdom of God. And you, you, you need a one on, you cannot get the Holy Ghost without a one-on-one relationship with God. We need to build our one-on-one relationship with God. And then we will, then we'll find the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will enter in us and, and we will be filled.
filled and, and, and so much things. The love of God comes out of us through that. We need the, the first thing that God said. That we have to have those first things. People don't, you know, there's so many people that come into church and, and so many people that, that walk out of church. People don't leave church because they don't like someone. They don't walk away from God because I don't really like that music. They don't, they don't lose their, they, they, don't, they, they go out and they give you a reason. And the reasons, they, they may think it is, but that's not really the reason. The reason, the reason people leave God and they leave Jesus is because they don't have a one-on-one relationship. If, they have a one, if you have a one-on-one relationship, the things that bug you in the church, the things that bug you about people, they will go away. They will fix, God will fix that. God will handle that. That, that is, if someone says, I'm leaving for this reason, we need, to have, we need to pray about it because that's not the real reason. We, if we can't fix it, we need a one-on-one relationship with God. It says, Ecclesiastes 7 and 1, the day of your death is better than your birth. The day that you die for Christ, the day that, that you, God, I, I give myself to you, I repent, I kill my flesh, I'm water baptized, that day was better than the day you were born on earth. Because when you're born on earth, you're, you're born into sin, but the, the day that you die is it, better than that day because God can work with you. God can, God can mold you and God can do what he wants to do for you. We, we, we can't keep wrestling with sin. We, sometimes we get stuck in a place where, you know, we, we try to have a one-on-one relationship, but we constantly wrestle with sin. We need to be perfecting through the men of God. And, and I, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm coming to a close. Uh, it was simple, but uh, I, I feel like it's going to help somebody. Genesis 3, 2 and 3. Uh, this is when Eve uh, ate of the fruit. Everybody knows this. Uh, but this is what God put on my heart. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. When we wrestle with sin, we, we think, you know, this is something. We, all, we, we have a, uh, you know, in this world without God, it's it's a mess, but sometimes we we find God and we come out of these things and we're trying to we're trying to stop these things, but we wrestle with them. We try to find well, where's the line? What can I do? Or, you know, if you have something and you try to wrestle with it, you you know, it says, you know, everyone thinks of when they when they think of Eve eating of the fruit, they think when she bit that when she bit that fruit, everything changed. When she took that bite, it says, lest ye touch it. It says, neither shall you touch it lest ye die. It, she did not sin when she bit that fruit. She sinned when she wrestled with the sin. When she, when she let that enter into her heart. We, we can't let these enter into our heart. Uh, Matthew says, uh, if a man look upon a woman to commit adultery and lust after her, it, it says he committed in his heart already. He didn't have to act on it. We can't let these things into our heart. We, we can't let sin, we can't wrestle with it. We can't see how close we can get. And, and if it gets too bad, I might go, but I'm just going to stay for this. And 
And I don't think this counts. When you start thinking that way, you need to cut. If you have to think about it, it's not worth it. We are not, we cannot miss anything that God has for us. We need to stick to God. It's not worth wrestling for. We cannot let sin into our, into our heart. We need to walk with him daily. We need to fulfill his calling. We need to join the body. We need to be in unity. We have to join the body and speak truth in love. We need to be speaking to people. That's how we need to grow. We need to be closer. We can't grow apart, and we can't do our own thing, and then, hey, how you doing? This is, this is the most important thing that, that's going out there. And if, and if you miss something, it's not going to be pretty. We have to stick together. We can't be lukewarm. We, we can't be... We, we can't be content. We have to constantly be perfecting and, and constantly going forward to God. We have to join the body. We have to be hot for Jesus. We, we, can, we, cannot, be, uh, we cannot be a cold church. We cannot be cold. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be lukewarm. I, I don't want to hear God say, depart from me. I never knew you. Imagine those tragic words when you say, God, I've, been, I've read my Bible but you really read it so you looked like you knew what you was doing. So when you get questioned, uh, I'm not going to lie. I've read things because, I, hey, I, somebody asked me that, and I feel weird not knowing it. And I've been to church all my life. And, and I, I want a one-on-one relationship. I want the love of God. I want to I know God so I can build my relationship on him. I don't want to hear him say those words. I want, I want him to say thank you and, and, and come on in and here's all your friends. That's what, that's what I want to hear from God. I want to live for him. I want to please him. I want to walk with him. I, I want to strengthen the body. That's what, that's what we're called to do is strengthen the body. And everything that, every, every calling that you have and every person you witness to all pertains to strengthening the body and being in unity for Christ. We have to be in unity for Christ. He says, he says seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be open." Anything you ask in my name, I will do it. And that sounds great, and it sounds lovely, and it sounds perfect, but there's only one thing we have to remember. We have to knock. We have to seek him. We, we, we have to participate. God, you know, how does God get, he, when he reaches for somebody, what do, you, what do you use when you reach for something? Your body. God wants to use us. He says, if you ask in my name, I will do it. We have to be asking in his name for him to do it. We have to, we have to ask him. We have to constantly be, be reaching for God. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, the reason someone doesn't. Uh, so if someone's not in here and it's because of me and because I didn't say something to them, I don't want that to be on me. I want them, if, if there's a seat open next to you, well, then it's our job to fill it. We, we need to... You know, we have to be knocking. We have to be seeking. We have to be perfecting. We need to be listening to the word. We need to be fed of the word. We need, we need everything, and we need to do it together in unity. We need a one-on-one relationship. That's number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. That's number one. We do that so we can join the body. We need to be together. Everything we do needs to be in unity together. And, 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 if you're, and that doesn't necessarily mean if you're sick and you're at home, that doesn't mean, you know, you're not in unity. But you can be in, in unity in the spirit, but you have to, you have to be uh, coming to, to church. It, you know, it, it's not just a, 
It's not just a place for some people to go and for, and for people to find other people. This is, this is the work of the Lord for perfecting of the saints, working of the ministry. He sent, all, he sent his people for, for the work of the ministry. He says, faith without works is dead. A lot of times we say, you know, I didn't see a miracle, so my, so, you know, my faith must be dead because I'm not seeing works. Works doesn't have to mean miracle. Works means constantly moving towards God, constantly perfecting. And we need to be in unity together, and we need to do this together. And that's what I have for you today. That's what I've been feeling. I had, when I talked to Brother Walden, I felt like I had something, and I was excited about it, and it was something cool. And then I started trying to figure something out, and God wouldn't let me do it. And, and, and this is what I got here, and, and I believe we're going to do it together. We can do it together. We can strengthen the body together. We need to love one another, and, and we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, we got to do it. We can do it. We can't be lukewarm anymore. If, and if you feel that, I've felt that. I think everybody's felt that before. Um, we, we can't be lukewarm. We have to be hot. We have to move forward. We have to be. If we don't, we're not going to make it. You're, you're not going to make it sitting on the pew on something. We have to be in the body. We have to be in Christ. And, and I'm only saying this. I'm saying this out of love because I, I, I know how it feels. I know what it feels like to be cold. I know what it feels like to be lukewarm. And I know what it feels like to be hot. And I promise you, you want to be hot for Jesus. We got to do it together. That's what I have for you today. Uh, Brother Walden. Praise God. Well, you know what he said. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to read one scripture because what he kept going over and over about unity is that uh, is how the church started. The Lord told his disciples, he said, go together, you group that's here, that's listening, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. We get into the book of Acts, and we find that there are about 120 in one place, in one accord. That means they, they were all there for the same purpose, waiting for the same thing, waiting for the promise that they had heard of him, the Spirit, which he talked about us having the Holy Ghost. And then that 120 heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and sat upon them. And, of course, we know that uh, that starts a whole another service. Peter's preaching, and uh, repent, be baptized, every one of you. That's unity. That's unity of the faith, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost baptizes us into the body, unity. It just kept going and kept going. But as they got down and... Uh, Peter's dismissing his, his sermon because it says it in with many other words. So he was, he was closing because you know how it is when, when a preacher starts closing, he has many other words to say. Uh, but he said with many other words, he, uh, you know, save yourself from this generation. But it says that the people that heard this, that received the word, they were baptized, all of them, unity. They received it, they were baptized, and they were added unto them about 3,000 souls, unity. But then it says, and all that believed were together. Everyone that believed were together. And it said, and they had all things common. And that's how the church started turning the world upside down. It wasn't a bunch of people 
trying to be a bunch of Holy Ghost vigilantes running out by themselves. Going rogue. I'm going to start my own thing. No, they all uh, said they, they were together. Same mind, same ideas, believed the same things, had all things common. And that's how the world got turned upside down with this message. And God began to build a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. So uh, thank you, brother, for reminding us we're in this together. Perfect. Did a great job. Did a great job. I'm glad that our young people are learning some very important things. Because a lot of people, when they start in ministry, uh, they're in it for... Let me see if I can work a miracle or if I can speak a word or be used in the gifts. But, you know, even Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. But he went on to say, I would rather speak, you know, words in my own tongue with understanding than speak 10,000 words in an unknown tongue and and you not have any idea what I'm saying. So uh, it's good that we have young men that can say, here's what the body needs. They need unity. That's first and forefront so uh, let's stand together tonight as we always do and I tell you what if you're close enough to have somebody and get them by the hand get them by the hand and we're going to lift our hands together tonight and just ask God to continue to bless us and use us come on pray for the one beside you Lord we're in this together Lord I pray blessings over our church over our brothers and sisters Lord, wherever they go, whatever they might do. Lord, that we as a body in this city, in this town, in this community, Lord, that you could use us as we are together and have all things common. Unify us in love. Knit us together in love. And, and let us speak these words together in love. And, and, Lord, we want to see souls added to the kingdom of God. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for bringing us together tonight. And, Lord, we ask you to just keep us and watch over us. And, Lord, when it's your will, bring us back together. Lord, we're going to praise you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand tonight. Aren't you glad to be part of the body? I'm glad to be part of the body of Christ. And I'm thankful tonight that I could be reminded how important unity and love are. Praise God. We love you. Remember to pray for those that are sick. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. We're going to have a great service on Sunday. Invite somebody to church with you. Hey, if you don't have uh, any of these invite cards, I'm going to set this box here. Come and just get two. And between now and Sunday, find two people that you can hand these to. It's got the service times, the address, everything on here. Tell them, I want you to be my guest on Sunday. Come be in church with us, and let's see what God will do. Amen? We love you tonight. You can be dismissed. God bless you in Jesus' name.